I just I just hit share audio and then it starts. But do I have to like turn up something or do I just hit share audio, right? I'm gonna, uh, well, it's not a video, no, it's a radio thing. Yeah, I just, I hit share audio. Okay, share, and I, I play. Waxes Republic Primarino. Waxes Pubic Black Cherino. Faxes Subscript Hail Marino. It's Max's Public Library. Max's Public Library. Okay, now how do I stop sharing? I just hit stop. I'm back. Hello, everybody. My name is Max Sharp, and I would welcome to the third episode of Max's Public Library, only on WECB, the undergrad sound of Emerson College, baby. Uh, they make me say that. I just want to say that. They make me say that. For those of you first-time listeners, this is a radio show I created where I read an entire young adult novel on air for an entire hour with no breaks. So if you gotta pee, go pee now. Uh, also, happy pie day, everyone. I hope everyone has so much pie today. Wow, shepherd's pie, you get a key lime going. Anyone do a pumpkin pie? There's so many different pies you can have. I, I remember my last day of high school because of the pandemic, uh, it, which, was, which is crazy. Uh, they started handing out pies because pie day was gonna be on Sunday. And they were like, here, just have this pie. So I, so on the day before the pandemic officially started for me, I ate pie that a stranger gave me uh, in a classroom, uh, which is, which, which um, okay. It was table talk and it was, I think it was an Oreo pie, which actually I don't think Oreo pie, I think it basically was cake. It was, it was whipped cream. It was whipped cream on an Oreo crust. It was bad. It was a bad pie. And here's an anecdote about books to start the show. You know, I'll never forget that time out on the lake. It was a bright summer's morning. And, and Candace had just caught a bass this big. Mom was up by the hill killing rabbits and dad sat on the porch teaching Mark how to short the banks. I just bought a brand new boat made of steel and rubber. <laughs> Sally, I called her. Well, Sally and I hit the waters with a keg of big red cola and we dropped anchor 78 feet in the Pacific Ocean. I cast my line and shotgun the entire keg. Now, of course, I peed a little, but it's the ocean, so it's allowed. Must have been three hours waiting for a fish, the sun bright and hot on my face, when suddenly I felt a tug on my line. Well, not just a tug, but a rapid pull. Whatever I had caught was big, huge even. I reeled it in, fighting the current, super hot and full of big red cola. Suddenly, I saw my creature take shape as she emerged from the water. It was Charlie Manson riding a porpoise. I screamed as Squeaky and the rest of the family circled me on tuna. I pulled out a flare gun, but it was hopeless. The Manson family was going to kill me. Just when I thought my fate had been sealed, a giant shadow cast over the lagoon. I'll never forget the look in Charlie's face when a giant copy of the Scarlet Letter by Nathaniel Hawthorne sprung out of the water and murdered the entire Manson family. The book and I were heroes, and we made tender, passionate love as the sun came down on the beach. The next day, Sharon Tate gave us the key to the city. And that's the perfect segue into today's book. Now, today, you know, I was thinking, I've been reading, uh, if, if you were with us for our last two times, I, I, I read a lot of uh, horror books or books that scared me when I was a kid. So I thought I would pivot turn with something good um, that I, I enjoyed as a child. Um, and, and of course, 
Uh, I'm talking about a franchise that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, this franchise is a, a global empire of, of movies. I know all the movies. Movies, they have, uh, they have, uh, they have books, clearly. Lots of merch, uh, lots of uh, dolls. Dolls is really where they sell most of their product, I think. And they're very expensive. And also the clothes are really expensive too. And if you have them, you are privileged. Let's take a second and acknowledge our economic privilege if you had an American Girl doll. That's right. I'm talking about American Girl dolls today. Uh, not just any American Girl doll. Uh, this, is, this is a collection of books uh, in, in a little box set. It's called The American Girl Short Stories from the American Girl Collection. Now, in this set, there are six different books. Um, it, it says, I'll read the, I'll read the inscription <laughs> inscription because it's inscribed and, and, and really well. <laughs> it's embroidered. Okay, it says um, these favorite short stories from American Girl Magazine. American Girl Magazine, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> tell about six American girls who lived long ago. At the end of each book, you can peek into the past and find fun historical facts along with a craft or activity to help you learn more about the American girls you love. I did not know that until just now. And we will be doing the craft, guys. Oh, that's so good. There's a whole craft. Uh, also, I'm realizing now that when they said short stories, they're genuinely very short stories. So <laughs> good thing I have multiple because I'm just realizing now we're probably going to finish one. Each one like 20 pages and that's not a lot. So um, here are, well, I, I was planning on doing one, but this is being derailed very quickly. This is a live show, guys. It's a live show. Um, so basically here are, here are the six books uh, in that there, there's uh, Cursed Him on the Trail. Uh, we have a reward for Josefina. Um, we have Samantha's winter party. We have high hopes for Addie. Uh, we have Felicity's new sister. And then the book that I would like to be reading, well, we'll be starting with today, is, is called, of course, Molly Takes Flight. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Molly is a girl based in 1944. Her dad uh, goes to fight uh, in World War II against the Nazis, uh, but he's a doctor. So much to be honest with you. Uh, I love a good pro-war book because I am notoriously pro-war in every aspect, guys. War is ethical and needed. All right, let's not forget that. Um, helps the economy. So yeah, this is uh, Molly Takes Flight. This is a, a, little, a little tiny book of war propaganda. I may also say this is a really small book. Uh, it, if, if I'm holding it up to my hand as if you can see it, but no one can. I'm a crazy person in my room alone. Um, this is, uh, it's the size of my palm. So if anyone's ever touched my palm, you, you can imagine what my palm looks like. And then that's how big this book is. It's small. Okay. We, we have a mental image correctly. It's a small book. Okay, good. Um, yeah. So, uh, I think we're just going to dive into it. I, I, I would read the back cover, but also it's so short guys. Oh my God. There's also a, a you can send in postage. Oh, wait. <laughs> the American Girls Collection. Oh, my God. To learn more about the American Girls Collection, fill out the postcard below and mail it to American Girl? What? <laughs> oh my. Or call 1-800-845-005. Wait, I'm going to call this number. We'll send you a, full, a free catalog full of books, dolls, dresses, and other delights for girls. And it says, I'm an American girl who loves to get mail. Please send me a catalog. Oh my God. I'm gonna start, I'm gonna subscribe to the catalog. 
Oh my God, wait guys, I'm gonna call, this was not part of the show. I want everyone to know this was not at all part of the show. I have a whole thing written out. This is not a bet I was supposed to be doing. I, I just want everyone to know that. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to call this number right now because that's, I obviously have to. I also don't know how old this book is. So the chances of it being active are slim, but if, okay, it's a 1-800 number. I'm putting it on speaker. If you're calling American Girl. Oh my God. Is someone here? Hello? Talk will be recorded for quality control, oh my training, legal, I can't talk and other on the loan. purposes. If you do not consent to such recording, you may disconnect this call at any time. I consent. All calls are handled in the United States. To address your inquiry, we will collect certain personal information about you, including your full name and okay. contact information. Fine. Such as your phone number, email address, and mailing address. Okay, that's going to be awkward because I give that to you guys live. How we use the information we collect, our personal information practices, and any rights you may have regarding your personal information, please review our privacy statement available at AmericanGirl.com. Guys, I just want to say I'm throwing away everything I have for this week. shipping status or for general information on products or retail stores, press 1. For assistance with existing know. orders, press 2. For retail store reservations, press three. For all other inquiries, please stay on the line. I don't know what menu. Press the I'm just gonna stay on the line, right? For inquiries, am I wasting someone's time? So a hardworking person's time. Order, obtain shipping status. Oh, for general just press one. Oh, I want a general information. American Girl, this is Anne. How can I help you? Hi, Anne. Um, I'm 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 a fan of the uh, American Girl collection, and I was reading one of the books, and I noticed that you guys have a American Girl catalog, and I'm wondering if that's still in order and how I can sign up. Sure. Yep, I can send you one of those. Okay. Awesome. All right. Let me get in here. Have you ordered with us before? Uh, I have not. No, this is my first time ordering from the American Girl collection. Oh, okay. Perfect. All right, so let me get in here and I'll get you my information. And what is your first name? Uh, my first name is Max. M-A-X? M-A-X, that's right. Okay, perfect. And the last name? Uh, Charbonneau. Yeah, okay, I definitely need you to I, I, I respect you. <laughs> Most people do. That's fair. <laughs> what, what's your name, Anne? Anne, yeah. Uh, nice to meet you, Anne. Okay, C-H- You too. Okay, C-H-A-R- B-O-N-N-E-A-U. Okay. And then the email? Uh, wait, okay, yes. That's my email that I just told you. Did you get that? Oh, yep. Good. I have Matt. Emerson, E-M-E-R-S-O-N dot E-D-U. That's correct. That is my email. Okay, perfect. And then your phone number? My phone number? Okay, here's my phone number. That's, All right. That's my phone number. And my, okay, perfect. Okay, my address is... I, um, I'm actually, I'm going to use my, should I use my school address or my home? What do you think? School address or home address? Oh, whichever one you prefer. Okay, I'm going to do my home address. Uh, my home address is.
Got that? Yes, yeah, South. The city is Westminster, Massachusetts. You got that? Oops. Did the wrong one. Oh, uh, that's terrible. Massachusetts. There. That's it. <laughs> and then the zip code? The zip code uh, 01473. That's my zip code. Okay, perfect. All right, so I repeat this back to you. The okay. Westminster, Massachusetts. That's right. 01473. Correct. Phone number. Uh huh. That is my phone number. Okay, perfect. Good. All right. So make it in here, and I will order you a catalog. Okay. Is this does this cost me money? Nope. nope. This is free. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Wait, that's insane. Okay, how long, can I ask something just for, just for timing sake? How long is uh, is it gonna take to do this process? Um, usually about six to nine business days. Okay, for to order it right now, are we good? Or is there a lot yeah. more? Are there no, a lot more I steps? I can do it right now. Okay. And it says by March 25th, you'll get it. That's great. So, yeah. All right, so I'm gonna submit that for you. Cool. All right, you're all set. You'll get the catalog. Very soon. I can't wait. That's awesome. Thank you. You're very welcome. And is there anything else I can help you with today? And you've done so much already. You're you're fantastic. Do you want to? Do you want to? What's your favorite young adult novel? May I ask? Um, I don't really have one. I mean, when what? I was, when I was, and when I was when I was young, it was always there was a book called The Summer Pony. And that was my favorite book ever. Who who wrote the Summer Pony? Do you remember? Uh, I can't remember, but I think I read it probably twenty times. <laughs> That's hilarious, <laughs> and I love that. Well, can I ask who's your favorite American girl? May I ask also that? Oh, my favorite American girl is Julie. Julie, I love Julie. great call. Basketball player. Yeah, she's yeah. great. I'm a Molly fan myself, but I res I respect your choices. Nice. All right, nice. so you're one. Awesome. You're wonderful. Thank you. Have a great day. Happy Pi Day. Thank you. Happy Pi Day to you too. All right. Goodbye, Ann. All right. Bye. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Thank you. Okay. I hung up on her too soon. I realize that now. Also, I fully just did that, and that's crazy. I hope no one heard any of my personal information. I apologize. I tried to mute as best I could when she was repeating back my phone number. Ann, what are you doing? I'm live on air. Uh, guys, did not plan on doing that today. Can I just tell you that? I, you know what? I'm looking at the things I have planned and I'm not going to get to most of them. And I acknowledge that, but that was worth it for me personally because I just, I just got a free American Girl Dog catalog um, shipped to my house. So that's great. I should have shipped it to Emerson College. Idiot. Uh, but I shipped it to my house. Okay, I'm going to drink some water and I'm going to get started with the book. God, you know when water is just like delicious? That's what it's like today. Oh, I'm very thirsty today. <clears throat> okay, here we go. 
back to the book. Uh, this is Molly Takes Flight by Valerie Tripp. Um, all the illustrations are done by Nick Bax. Uh, you guys aren't going to see it, so who cares? <laughs> okay. Okay, so um, there's a table of contents, and then there's little descriptions about who her family is. Also, this is all one long chapter, and I don't want to do one long. I'm going to take breaks in the middle, and you're going to have to deal with that. Um, okay, here's some introduction on her family. Molly's uh, dad, I'm not going to do that. Dad is Molly's father, a doctor who is somewhere in England taking care of wounded soldiers. Molly is a nine-year-old who is growing up on the home front in America during World War II. Okay, here's, yeah, this is stupid. I'm moving on. Okay. <clears throat> Molly takes flight, page one. Here it is, cried Molly McIntyre. Here's the farm. Molly stuck her head out the truck window as Grandpa turned in at the gate. Hold on, Grandpa shouted over the truck's noisy engine. The ruts in the drive are worse than ever. Your grandmother's after me to smooth them out. But I figure the ruts keep trouble out. Molly smiled as the truck bounced along. Grandpa said the same thing about the ruts every summer. It was August, and Molly had come to visit her grandparents and her Aunt Eleanor on the farm. Every summer before this, Molly's whole family had made the trip together. But this summer, Molly was by herself. Coming to the farm alone was only one of many changes in Molly's life since the war began. First, Dad joined the army and went to England to take care of wounded soldiers. Then, Mom started to work for Red Cross. Molly's sister, Jill, was a volunteer at the Veterans Hospital in the summer. Molly's older brother, Ricky, was never home because he had a job mowing lawns. And her younger brother, Brad, was going to day camp. All right, I'm a fan of the movie, and there's no Brad in the movie. And I think that's funny that there's a Brad in the book. Because I've never heard the name Brad before. Uh, and I think that's the funny name for Molly's brother to be. Okay. Molly felt as if change had whooshed through her life and set everything spinning. So she was reassured to see as the truck rattled past the fields and the barn and the swimming hole that here at the farm, everything looked the same. Grandpa didn't grow crops anymore, but he still had chickens, an old horse, a few cows, and a big vegetable garden. Molly loved the way the farm seemed to have fallen asleep long ago. It was peaceful and unchanging. Grandpa stopped the truck in front of the farmhouse. Molly jumped out and ran straight into the kitchen and straight into Granny's arms for a hug. Hello, Granny, she said. Hello, dear, said Granny. We're so happy you're here. Molly took a deep breath. Dad always said you could blindfold him and fly him around the world, but he'd know the instant he was back in Granny's kitchen because of the smell. It was a delicious combination of strawberries, buttered toast, maple syrup, and scrubbing powder. <laughs> Molly wished Dad were here with her now in the familiar kitchen. The sun shone through the windows onto the white enamel table and made patterns of light on the shiny floor. When Molly was little, she thought Granny's cookie jar was magic because it was never empty. It was comforting to see it sitting in the usual place on the shelf. Where's your Eleanor? Ma Molly asked. Oh, Eleanor's off in a way, said Grammy. As usual, muttered Grandpa. Grammy frowned and shook her head at him. Molly was disappointed. What did Grandpa mean? Was it not usual for Aunt Eleanor to be gone? Every other year she had been there to welcome Molly in the farm. Grandpa pushed open the screen and said, Come on, Molly! Do you want to help me choose a melon for supper? <laughs> yes, yes, sir, said Molly. She followed Grandpa out into the warm summer evening. I lied, there are chapters. That's the end of chapter one. 
Um, <laughs> nothing like a nice melon. Woo. Okay, so we have a lot of interesting characters to work with. I like Granny. Um, I think Grandpa's stern. Um, Molly gives me some weird vibes, I will say. I do love her, but there's some interesting, interesting vibes coming from Molly, if I do say so myself. Uh, but good for her. You you go, girl. You do what you gotta do. Um, uh, yeah, and um, sip of water real quick. <clears throat> okay, before we move on to our next chapter, I just want to um, take care of a little business. Uh, so as many of you guys may or may not know, Max's Public Library is killing it on Instagram. And, and, and I mean killing it, guys. We have 71 followers, which is uh, outstanding. Um, and, you know, Trish, the head of our marketing department, is doing an excellent job. So keep, keep up the good work, Trish. Nice job. No, you're, do, you're doing a good job, Trish. Nice, nice job. No. Yeah, Monday, I need you in the office. Yeah, for promo shoots. Okay. Okay, can his father get him? Oh, we, we can get a sitter, right? You, you can't get a sitter to go to the hospital for you. Really? Oh, it's not like he's going to be gone when he wakes up, Trish. Well, okay, well, maybe you can be there for the next kidney, Trish, but I need you here on Monday, and that is the... Trish, that... Trish, I need you here on Monday. That's the end. Trish, I need you here on Monday. That is the end of it. We talked about this. We signed a contract. You said on Mondays you could come in and do promo shoots. When else am I going to do promo shoots? Tuesday? Trish, you said you could be here, so be here. Oh, come on. So I, I know he's nine, but what am I? I'm 19. I deserve something. Oh, that is the end of it, Trish. Trish, that is the end of it. Hey, look at me. Trish, look at me. I have so many people who could take over for you, Trish. So many people. You think I value you because you're my godmother? No, you are disposable to me, Trish. If you take Monday off, you can kiss the rest of your job goodbye. Not even a joke, Trish. You think I'm kidding? Do you think? When have I ever joked? Huh, Trish? I'm not kidding. This is serious to me. Now, if you go take care of your kid on Monday, you, you have your job gone. And I will give it to Ricky. You think I won't? You think I... I'm not having this anymore. This is the end of the conversation. Okay, Trish? Go, go make a tweet or whatever the hell it is you do. But we're really appreciative of the hard work from all of our staff here. And um, just a little promotional thing again. Um, we're, we're doing a thing. So uh, uh, it's kind of like a little drive to get some more people to follow the show. Uh, so before the end of the show today, I want to see 55 more followers on the Instagram account. I know this is a big ask, uh, but I think we can do it. Uh, and if we don't, I'm never going to do the show ever again. So uh, if you like the show, you're a fan, give us a follow. Uh, and if you don't, if you don't follow me already, uh, I will end the show forever until you do. Um, so all the hard work, all the pain, uh, all of all of Trish's hours will be gone and down the drain. And um, you know what? If you already follow me, you know, get someone, get someone you know to follow me. You know, get your aunt. You know, make a fake account because this show will not progress into like 55 more followers, and, and that's not a gimmick; it's a threat. Okay, um, the, this show will fully be shut down, and and from one to two on Sundays, there will be dead space at WECB, the Underground Sound of Emerson College. Uh, 
and, and that's just going to be the way it is. And, and listen, guys, I'm a capitalist. I will make money. Okay. So if I have to sacrifice my art for monetization, then so be it. That's just how it is. And uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. So uh, we're, we're feeling really good. You know, we're cruising along here. Uh, for those of you just tuning in, it's 1.25 p.m. Uh, and you're listening to the Public Library. <laughs> so I'm just going to take a quick little sip of water. Mm. Oh, sorry if you guys can hear me swallowing. It's so gross. I'm, I don't know why I'm so thirsty today. Oh, I just, uh, I honestly I've had like half a bottle of water. I've already had like a coffee this morning. Mm. Okay, back to the book. All right, we're on page six for those of you listening at home. By the time Molly and Grandpa got back from the melon patch, <laughs> okay. Aunt Eleanor was in the kitchen, setting the table for supper. Aunt Eleanor is Molly's mother's sister. She had short, curly hair and wasn't much taller than Molly. Aunt Eleanor moved in such a quick, light manner that she reminded Molly of a bird. Just now, she swooped over to give Molly a hug and asked, as she always did, what's up, Doc? Molly replied, as she always did, not much, Dutch. Wash up, girls, said Grammy. Supper's ready. <laughs> uh, Molly was eating her second piece of melon when she said, Aunt Eleanor, I'm... <laughs> it's not her voice. I don't know why I made her, <laughs> I don't know why I made her Southern. Uh, uh, Molly was eating her second piece of melon when she said, Aunt Eleanor, I bet I'll swing higher than you on the rope swing and the swimming hole tomorrow. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, these accents are wrong. Uh, Aunt Eleanor cleared her throat. I'm afraid I can't swim with you tomorrow, Molly, she said. Molly was surprised. But we always go swimming on the first day of my visit, she protested. We do the same thing every year. Eleanor, are you going to tell Molly that this year isn't going to be the same as every other year, said Grandpa. He sounded as if he was cross with Aunt Eleanor. Now, Frank, said Grammy quiet, quickly. She looked at Molly and Aunt Eleanor. Why don't you girls go outside and count the shooting stars? Uh, your chart's in the barn. Okay, said Molly. Come on, Aunt Eleanor. It was a tradition that Molly and Aunt Eleanor went outside to stargate every night after supper and kept account of all the shooting stars they spotted. Tonight, they found a star chart and flopped down on a stack of hay. It was still warm from the sun, though the sky was dark now and crowded with stars. Molly scanned the sky to be sure the North Star was just where it was supposed to be. At the end of a group of stars called the Little Dipper, she smiled when she saw it. The North Star had become very important to Molly. She turned to Aunt Eleanor to tell her about it. Before, before he left, Dad told me to look for the North Star every night, she said, because, oh my God. Okay, there's a picture here, and Aunt Eleanor looks crazy. Guys, she has short hair. Uh, she looks she looks a little bit, uh, she looks like Ellen. I will say, they drew her like Ellen, okay? Aunt Eleanor. Oh, my God, Eleanor, Ellen. Aunt El oh, that's funny. That's good. That's good. She has, like, this flannel on, and she has really short hair, and she's a woman. Aunt Eleanor interrupted. You miss, you miss your dad a lot, don't you, Molly? She asked. Her voice was very sad. I do said Molly. That's why. But Aunt Eleanor sighed so deeply that Molly stopped explaining to ask. Aunt Eleanor, what's going on? Is Grandpa mad at you? Seems like it, said Aunt Eleanor. Why? Asked Molly. Well, said Aunt Eleanor, 
I think because I've applied to join the WASPs. They're Americans Air Force Service Pilots. Molly sat up and looked at Aunt Eleanor. You're going to be a pilot in the Air Force? She exclaimed. You're dropping, the, you're going to fight flight a plane to drop bombs and be in the war? No, said Aunt Eleanor. Wasps don't fly combat missions. They test planes and train other pilots and fly planes from one airfield to another. They help the Air Force do its job. But will you have to go away? Molly wanted to know. Yes, said Aunt Eleanor. If I'm accepted, I'll have to leave immediately. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's so funny. I'll have to, oh, Molly. That sucks for Molly so much. Molly felt as if the earth beneath her was falling away. This dumb old war, she thought. <laughs> uh, it's changing everything. First dad left, and now on Eleanor. What did Granny and Grandpa say? Molly asked. Aunt Eleanor shook her head. Nothing, she said. Your grandpa hates changes. He says he doesn't fix the ruts because he keeps the trouble out. But what he really means is that the ruts keep the change out. Oh my God, no, that's so stupid. Oh God, that's such a dumb, this is only page 13 and it's already the dumb moment in like a sitcom. Brilliant. He likes being cut off from the world. He wants to pretend there's no war. That's why he won't talk to me about flying. She was quiet for a minute. Then she asked, what do you think, Molly? I don't know, said Molly quickly, but that wasn't true. She knew exactly what she thought. She hated the idea of Aunt Eleanor going away. She hated it so much, her ang she, it made her angry. Angry at the war, angry at the world, and even a little bit angry at Aunt Eleanor. Aunt Eleanor stood and dusted off her pants. Come on, she said. I guess all the stars are staying put tonight. Let's go. And with that, oh no, next chapter, next chapter. The next few days were long and hot and dull for Molly. Actually, let me take a sip of water real quick. Mm. Wow, okay. <clears throat> Great. Also, it's like cold water, too. Yeah, it's just good. It's good water. The next few days were long and hot and dull for Molly. Aunt Eleanor went off every morning before Molly was awake and didn't come home until supper time. Molly did all the things she usually loved doing on the farm. She collected eggs, visited cows, picked vegetables for Granny, climbed up to the hayloft, waded in the brook, swung on the ropes, swing over the swimming hole, and one day even helped Grandpa make ice cream. But nothing was as much fun without Jill and Ricky and Brad, <laughs> and especially without Aunt Eleanor. <laughs> Brad. Okay, sir. One night, Aunt Eleanor still had not come home, even when Molly went to bed. The night was so hot and sticky. <laughs> Molly couldn't get to sleep. She stared out the open window for a while, looking back at the North Star, thinking about Dad and hoping for a breeze. But the air was heavy and still. Nothing came through the windows but the raspy noise of the crickets. Molly kicked off the sheets and brushed her sweaty bangs off her forehead. This, this summer's visit to the farm is no good, Molly thought. It's all on Eleanor's fault. Just then, Aunt Eleanor tiptoed into Molly's room. Are you away? She whispered. Sort of said Molly. She rolled onto her side, punched her pillow to make it fluff up. <laughs> Where have you been? At the airfield, said Aunt Eleanor. I want to practice flying as many hours as I can. Molly flopped onto her back. It seems like you practice about a million hours since I've been here, she said. And by the way, I saw two shooting stars tonight. You missed them. 
Wow, Molly. <laughs> okay. Anna Eleanor sat down on Molly's bed. Molly, she said, I'm sorry. No, you're not, said Molly. You don't care about Granny or Grandpa or me or the farm. All you care about is flying. And you don't have to leave the farm to go away and be a wasp. You want to. You're going to leave just like Dad did, and I'll never see you. And I'll have to worry all the time that you heard a wasp. Molly stopped. Aunt Eleanor looked as if she might cry. She tried to hug Molly, but Molly jerked her shoulder away. Aunt Eleanor didn't move. And then she whispered, Good night, Molly, and laughed. Damn. That's an intense chapter. Um, okay. Well, okay, so far, Molly kind of sucks, guys. She's kind of being mean. She's mean in the movie, too. I... She's just making the war about herself. God. Also, I'm a kid. I don't know about World War II. This isn't teaching me anything. I'm just saying. Uh -uh, okay. Uh, before we start to our next chapter, um, as always, it is that time of the show. We have to do a break for our sponsors. Um, God, I'm so sorry this, this happens. Uh, you know, we really love that they take time to support, uh, support our show. Because uh, as I've mentioned, I'm in a lot of legal trouble right now uh, with, with the Furby industry. And um, I, on top of that, I can't afford a new dress tie for my niece's cotillion next Thursday. God, I have so many nieces. <clears throat> okay, one sip of water, I'm gonna get into it. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> and uh, so these ads, I know it's lame, I know it's stupid, but we just have to do it. So sorry, you guys can, you can take a break, go to the bathroom, walk around, whatever. I am born into this world, and when I leave, I will be famous. Gucci. The art is within all of us, and in 14 days, God created flight. Gucci. Pressure cooker bombs are relatively easy to construct. Most of the materials can be easily obtained. Gucci. A pressure cooker bomb can be triggered using a simple electronic device, such as a digital watch, garage door opener, cell phone pager, kitchen timer, or alarm clock. Gucci. The power of the explosion depends on the size of the pressure cooker and the amount and type of explosives used. Gucci. Don't let time pass you by. Take what you want and don't let anyone stand in your way. Shop Gucci today. <clears throat> Are you tired of cooking? Does going to the grocery store get you down? Does your ex-girlfriend work at the grocery store? Now with HelloFresh, we'll deliver quality products right to your door. Now, there's no more waiting in lines, no more driving across town, no more waiting to see what time Karen gets off her shift so you can buy her antacids without seeing her. With HelloFresh, delicious food is available at the touch of a button with a very clear and easy to follow instructions. And you don't have to explain to Karen how you dice an onion for the 15th time. It's an onion. You hold it sideways and use the layers, Karen. You always do things wrong and your mother makes me uncomfortable. She doesn't respect me. She doesn't respect that I do animation for children's cartoons, but it's a lot of work and I'm good at it, Karen. I'm good at what I do. Use promo code FRESH for 10% off your first order and leave your shellless love far behind. Wow, that was a lot. Um, that, was, that was what HelloFresh gave me as their ad. They, they wrote, 
they wrote that out, which is, which is a lot. <laughs> Dancing, sleep, the middle of summer, a whale. Academy Award donating playwright Dave Butts has been dazzling readers with his captive mystery novels for a little over a century. You know him from Murder on the Dance Floor and How Many Chickens Are There Anyhow? Now, Dave Butts is back, and better than ever, with his thrilling new mystery, I'm Dave Butts, and one time in 1973, I killed my friend in an alley, and the image haunts me still. In his new book, Butts describes the fictional tale of a new author on the scene named Dave Butts, and the mysterious death of his friend. It's the biggest mystery since Nancy Drew. Read how Dave Butts killed his friend in 1973, and struggles to properly deal with the emotional guilt and trauma. Relive Dave Butts' fictional nightmares when his friends come back and haunt them in his dreams and be left in suspense as you wonder, who killed Dave Butts' friend? Get your paws on a copy of I'm Dave Butts and one time in 1973, I killed my friend in an alley and the image haunts me still at any Barnes and Nobles or Whole Foods in your area. Use promo code GUILT for a free scone at participating shanties. 911, what's your emergency? My husband, he's dead. Have you checked his pulse? Okay, one second. Are you still there? Yes, sorry, I just had to go upstairs. Oh, okay. Do you have like, do you have like a landline? Oh yeah, oh. Sorry, just one minute. No rush. Honey, I'm coming in. Oh, force of habit. <laughs> I know what you mean. Okay, one second. Do you feel anything? Oh yeah, he's okay. Oh, that's great. Have a good day. M&Ms. That was an ad for M&Ms. Oh, okay. Now we're gonna go back to our book. Sorry for the ads. Lame, I know, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna have my simple one. Mm. God, I drank like a whole water bottle in one day. I'm actually really proud of myself because I haven't been that hydrated lately, and I think I'm doing pretty good. Yes, me, but um, yeah. <clears throat> the next morning, there was a there were still a few stars shining when Aunt Eleanor shook Molly to get awake. Get dressed, said Aunt Eleanor. I have a surprise for you. Molly dressed and stumbled down to her kitchen. Aunt Eleanor handed her a piece of toast and led her out to the door of her car. Where are we going? Asked Molly. You'll see, Aunt Eleanor said. Soon enough. Molly did see. They were going to the airfield. A big silver hangar looked eerie in the dim morning light, and the small planes parked in front of them looked as delicate as dragonflies. Aunt Eleanor parked the car. Molly followed her across the pavement to one of the small planes. This is a plane I fly, said Aunt Eleanor. It's a PT-19, or 1-9, PT-19. She patted the noise of the plane as it, the nose of the plane, she patted the nose of the plane as if it were a horse she liked. <laughs> as if it were a horse she liked. You know, like, you know how, like, you pat the noses. Actually, that actually makes sense. I don't know why that was funny to me. A horse she liked. Then she handed Molly a helmet. Put it on. We're going up. Me? Squeaked Molly. Aunt Eleanor winked as she helped Molly climb into the plane. Don't worry, she said. I know, you know I practice flying a lot. How much was it, I think? How much was it? <laughs> I think you said about a million hours already. Damn, Aunt Eleanor. Beat her while she's down. Molly fastened her seatbelt. 
and looked out of the small windshield of the plane. The sky was brightening to blue now, and all the stars were gone. Aunt Eleanor spoke to a man over the radio. In a scratchy voice, she gave her permission to take off. The plane was noisier than Grandpa's truck, <laughs> and the runway seemed just as bumpy as the run and drive in the farm. <laughs> Molly gripped the edge of her seat as the little plane picked up speed faster, faster, faster until it until it went smooth as a bird on the breeze. It lifted off the ground and climbed into the huge blue sky. Molly smiled. She was flying. It was exhilarating, just like when she let go of the tire swing far out into the water. And for a moment or two, she was not on land or on the tire or in the water, but zooming through the air. She understood now why Aunt Eleanor loved flying. As they flew along, Molly looked out the side of the window at the fields below. They looked green and tidy and well cared for. The blue river would look like a lazy snake past, uh, past silver silos and red barns and a farmhouse white as chalk. I never saw the world this way before, Molly shouted to Aunt Eleanor over the engine's roar. I never realized how pretty it is. Aunt Eleanor smiled. Look at this, she said. She made the plane tilt onto one side and then swoop low. Here's the place I love best, our farm. It's the prettiest spot of all, isn't it? Molly looked down and saw Grammy and Grandpa's house in the barn, the vegetable garden and the melon patch, the swimming hole, and then the rutted drive. Yup, she said, that's the prettiest spot of all. Aunt Eleanor steered the plane in a wide, slow curve and headed it back to the airfield. All too soon, the plane landed with a bump and then skidded into the, to stop in front of the hangar. As Molly climbed out of the plane, Aunt Eleanor asked, did you like flying? I love it, said Molly. I knew you would, said Aunt Eleanor happily. Come on, I'd better drive you home. In the car, Molly said, Aunt Eleanor, I'm sorry I said all those things last night. I was angry, but I understand things better now. I can see why you love flying. And I see that you still love the farm. The farm is my home, said Aunt Eleanor. It's the place I'll always come back to. She patted Molly's leg. And you know, all those things you said last night helped me understand better how Grammy and Grandpa must feel. I'm flying off, and they're left behind with nothing else to do but worry. Just then, they turned into the rutted drive and hit a hole so big, Molly was nearly jounced off her seat. I've never heard the word jounced. J-O-U-N-C-E-D. I've never heard that word in my entire life. Jounced? Jounced? Off her seat. Well, said Molly. Well, said Molly with a grin. Not exactly nothing else to do at all. Ha ha ha. Good one, Molly. Um, actually, this song, this, um, it was crazy that this book reminds me of a song. Let me actually, I'm just going to share my screen to a song real quick. Uh, we'll take like a quick little, like two second break and you guys listen to the song. It was a great song. Um, let me, uh, yeah, the great. This is what the song. Yeah, reminds me of a song. Uh, so listen to that. I'm gonna mute myself. Um, you just you listen to this. Okay, cool. Thanks. Oh, this show is going so bad. 
you shine. Just pee. Just pee. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Tell anyone. Oh, okay. It's okay. God, I hate this show. I pitch this as a joke. I think anyone take it so stupid. I'm very sad. I should be sleeping right now. Do this still. Great. Oh, what? Not now, Trish. Trish, literally not right now, okay? I go back in there. And I can do it. I don't have anything playing left. The book is almost over. I have to make something up now. And I didn't finish the conclusion of this. thought that would be a good little change of pace because I know uh, most people are used to your music at Emerson College. Um, okay, uh, we are on to our final chapter. This is the uh, first time we're ever going to read the whole book, which is good. And we have a time. Not sure you're other guys. Um, okay, back into it. Granny and Grandpa were on the porch waiting for them. <clears throat> Where on earth have you been? Granny asked. No place on earth. Oh, no place on the earth! Aunt Ma, yeah. No place on earth, answered Molly. We were flying! Aunt Eleanor took me up in a plane! Eleanor, exclaimed Grandpa. What were you thinking of taking that child into that contraption? Oh, it was wonderful, Grandpa. Aunt Eleanor flew us right over the farm. You should see it from up there. It's so small and perfect. The farm is on Eleanor's North Star. What? Asked Grandpa, surprised. He and Grammy and Aunt Eleanor looked at Molly with interest. The farm is on Eleanor's North Star, Molly said eagerly. You see, when the dad was about to leave for the war, I was really sad. One night, we were outside, and Dad pointed at the North Star. He said, in olden times, sailors use the North Star to die down because they can always find it. They can always trust it to be shining brightly in the hand of the Little Dipper. 
How's that like the farm? Asked Grandpa. Molly went on. Dad said we all need a North Star, something we can find even when we're lost. <laughs> um, something we can depend on to be seen no matter what or where we wander. She said that Mom and Joe and Ricky and Brad and I had to be his North Star when we went off in the war. And he couldn't even see us. He knew we were in the plane. He, oh, wait a minute. Even if he couldn't see us, he'd know we were in place. He pictured us at home and he know, and he knew we were waiting for him and he never feel lost. Anna Eleanor put her arm around Molly's shoulders and gave a little squeeze. You're right, Molly, she said. That is how we feel about the farm. She looked at Grammy and Grandpa and asked gently, will you be my North Star when I go away? Grammy's eyes were full of tears. Grandpa's voice was sad when he said, your mother and I don't want you to go anymore, but we can see you are bound and determined. Dad, Anna Eleanor began. Grandpa continued. You do what you feel you have to do, he said. Your mother and I will be proud to stay here and be a North Star if that's going to help you get home with us safe and sound after the war. Anna Eleanor hugged him. Thanks, Dad, she said. Showed Granny, too. And then she turned to Molly and said, I'm sure, I sure am glad you took that ride in the airplane with me today. Grandpa grinned. Speaking of rides, he said, I'm thinking maybe it's time to smooth out those ruts in the driveway. I'm going to drive to town and get a load of gravel. Anybody want to go for one that bumper ride with me? Molly, Aunt Eleanor, and Grammy laughed out loud. <laughs> I do, Grandpa, <laughs> Molly said, and they all climbed into the noisy old truck together. The end of the whole book, guys. We did a book. We did the book for the first time, guys. We did the whole book. Okay. Wow. That was enlightening. That was beautiful. Um. We, we are running out of time, and just before we wrap up the show, there is a craft at the end of the book, and I just want to read the craft. I, had I known, I would have done only the craft the whole time today, guys, but I just I just learned about this at the beginning of the episode today. Um, so here's how, here's the craft uh, for those of you at home who want to follow along. Um, it's a stargazer, all right? So you got to let your star shine bright day or night, basically. When Aunt Eleanor left to fly for the wasps, she asked Grammy and Grandpa to be her North Star, something she could depend on the same no matter where she wandered. We just read this. We remember it, guys. Molly always looked for the North Star, then his little dipper, too, because it reminded her of her dad. We all are on the same page. When Dad left for the war, he asked Molly and her family to be his North Star. So we're really building on the same metaphor. We all heard this three seconds ago. You can see the little dipper or any other constellation you like day or night with the stargazer. Okay, here's how. Basically, here's what you're gonna need for everyone at home. You're gonna need a round oatmeal container, a tracing pencil, a, ra a tracing paper, sorry, a pencil, some scissors. You need a map of the constellations. So check your encyclopedias for that. Then you're gonna need tape. You're gonna need a nail. You're gonna need a hammer. You're gonna need a black marker. You're gonna need construction paper. And then you need ribbon, rickrack, glow-in-the-dark stickers or markers, but all of those are optional. So everyone has that. I'm gonna make sure everyone has that first. Get your oatmeal container out right now, guys. Dump the oats out. First thing you're gonna do is you're gonna remove the lid from the container, place it at the end of the container on the tracing paper and trace around the container with the pencil. Then you're gonna cut out the circle, okay? Simple. 
Then you're gonna choose your constellation, put the paper circle over the map, draw dots for the stars in the constellation, easy. Next step, turn over the paper circle so you see the reverse side of the constellation and place that circle over the closed end of the container. Now you're gonna tape down your edges, ask an adult to help you use the hammer and nail and punch holes through the stars. That's not necessary. There are different ways to get holes in there. Remove the black circle, the paper circle, color the outside of the container with the black marker. I understand. Cover the outside of the container with construction paper and decorate it. And then you just hold it to a window and you look at it, guys. Easy, simple steps. I hope we all learned a lot today. Um, I, I think Molly Takes Flight was a really uh, inspiring book. It's really heartwarming. Um, you know, I encourage anyone to look up some illustrations uh, when you get home. Just a great book overall. Um, furthermore, I, I, I just want to say I, uh, I think any one of the American Girl stories are wonderful, especially all the Molly ones. Um, if anyone wants to give them a, a check. Um, and we are running out of time, of course. There's, there's a little bit, we're, we're just winding down. Um, so I have a little update uh, on my screenplay as always. Um, so I did find a director. Um, to do it, I, I've been asking, I, I put out a uh, Craigslist ad um, for someone to direct my, my, my screenplay, get, the, get this process rolling. Um, I was hoping for kind of a big name, um, but I could not find any. So I'm gonna settle for Martin O'Malley. I don't know if anyone knows, he, he ran for president of the United States uh, in 2016. He, he did not win, but he's not up to anything right now. And he agreed um, to direct my screenplay. Um, which is, which is big, which is really big for guys. Um, so I'm, I'm working on that. Uh, I've also um, just learned how to use dialogue, um, which, which is funny because I, you know, I've been doing um, just actions this whole time and, and I'm realizing a lot of the context, um, it would be, would be good to have through dialogue. Um, Cause that way if you hear the conversations and you don't just assume um, what they said moments before, because right now there's a lot of just transition scenes because um, I didn't know how to indent properly to, to do dialogue on the computer. Uh, I have a really, I have an old computer that I uh, work from. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Windows and it's a desk, it's a desk computer, uh, but it's, uh, you know, I had it attached to a wall. Um, and it's, it's good sometimes, but it's just old. Um, but yeah, I, used to, I learned how to do dialogue. So there's a lot of, hey, hey, how are you today? I'm doing okay, how are you? So there's a lot of that basically. Um, that's kind of like the basics of kind of what I'm learning. You know, I haven't taken a screenplay class, but it's really easy. I think being a film major is the easiest job I think ever. I, I really don't, I'm not that impressed with, with um, anything anyone's ever made. And I'm talking like famous people too. Like I'm really not that impressed with, with many movies. So that's why I think this is gonna be just really easy to do. Um, and, and I'm excited to really get my screenplay up in the air. Um, and with that, there's, there's a good four minutes left and uh, I'm, I don't have anything else planned. So I'm just gonna play the um, theme song written by Henry Kasich. Shout out to my boy, Henry Kasich. Um, I'm just gonna play it uh, over and over until, um, until I decide that I'm done um, doing that. So um, without further ado, thank you guys for listening to episode, episode two of Max's Public Library. Uh, I, hope, I hope everyone has an excellent day and um, and um, and 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 I'm gonna play the song right now, um, and 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 yeah, thank you.
Um, also, I just want to do a shout out to uh, uh, Kelly Sipra. She helped me write some of the stuff here today. I want to shout out to Trish. Uh, Trish did a lot of uh, the marketing work. Again, Trish is fantastic. She's got that spirit and that spunk that we all know and love. Um, I also want to give a shout out to um, my, my my dear friend Diane. Um, Diane helped me uh, with with a lot of the um, uh, editing for for the visual that I use today, um, which is great. Captions are provided by um, Jonathan in the Department of Medicine um, um, down by the down in the uh, in North End. He he is a really great sandwich shop today. Um, I also went to Dunkin' Donuts this morning, and I want to give thanks to Dunkin' Donuts um, for for always uh, you know providing quality service and, and delicious product uh, without fail every time may I add it's a really it's a really proud I'm really proud to to be a loyal customer um, and 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 yeah that's um those are really just brilliant things and that's really you know mainly what I'm what I'm here to talk about um, you know and I, I want to thank everyone who's on our patreon um, right now uh, oh wait Oh God, I stopped sharing. Can you not hear this? Are you kidding me? Can no one hear the song that's being played? Bring, bring your shared window to the front. What the hell does that mean? What does that mean? Oh God, can no one hear this song that I'm doing? I'm playing a song. Oh, now, can you hear it now? Oh, that's disappointing. I, I don't know how to use Zoom, this is terrible. You guys should start it over, basically. I should start it over. Uh, yeah, I'm starting it over. So this is the, I'm just going to start over my thank yous. Thank you to Kelly Sifra again for um, helping me write some of the bits here today. Um, I also want to thank Trish, who's in our marketing department. <laughs> what would I do without you? Uh, Trish, are you in here? Want to talk? Oh, thanks to Anne for getting me in that catalog and that book recommendation. I'm not going to read it, but the great book recommendation. Um, who else can I shout out? Uh, everyone on our Patreon. Uh, <laughs> I've got Jim F. I've got I've got Brian H. Uh, I've got I've got Tyler Q. Oh man, you three are, are really helping my Patreon uh, get out the air. If you guys want to subscribe to our Patreon, we have really niche behind the scenes footage and, and some some really clever wording. Can I also say? Uh, I just want to say thank you to my dad. Thanks, Dad. Be there for me. I really don't have any of this written out, and I'm panicking and uh, improvising, and I'm sorry if it's rambly and not cohesive, but I'm really trying to fill uh, five minutes, uh, even, though, even though there's no reason. I could just stop it. And, uh, actually, you know what? I could just stop. I could just end the Zoom. You know, I could just end it. You know what I mean? I could just... I have full power. No one's... You know what? What happens if I just didn't do the show one week? You think, you think I'd get in trouble for that? Who specifically would, would, would get in trouble? Like, would, would it be like a thing of, um... Also, here's the thing. When I say, I, every time I come here at 1 o'clock, I don't know who's performing. And I think, I think they're using, they're cutting my time a little bit, because, oh god, it's 2 o'clock, I believe. Oh god.